Hey, everybody, we're so excited this year about Collide. We have pastors and church leaders that come in from literally across the nation, and we just take a couple days and pour into you and your staff and the church leaders who want to do some great things for God. Now, we call it Collide because it's the collision between structure and spirit. That's one of the things that we've been dedicated to doing here at Calvary is building a church that has the structure for people to get plugged in, connected, discipled, transformed, and changed changed, but also that beautiful part of the moving of the Holy Spirit. This is a revival house. And we take a couple of days and just pour ourselves into leaders from across the nation. We would love to have you come. So many have joined us through the years and their lives and ministries have been transformed. Now listen, you can come and bring your whole staff. If you bring your entire staff, if there's 10 or more, the cost of registration is reduced by 50%. The more you bring, the more reasonable it gets. But we want you to come. It's going to be a mighty time, February 8th and 9th. I'll be preaching. Bishop Kevin Wallace is going to be with us. And we've got guests that are going to join us. And it's going to be amazing. I hope to see you February 8th and 9th. God bless you. Jump on your feet right now and give the Lord the praise of the morning. Come on, if you feel like this may be our year, open up your mouth and give God a show. If you're ready for him to manifest everything he has for us. Oh, I feel so much vision in my heart. Remain standing for the reading of God's word. I want to just say, these are not the days to act discouraged. These are not the days to be despondent. You walked into a place and you can feel it in the room. This is a house with destiny in it. How many of you are glad to be a part of a house that's full of vision, full of destiny? Tell everybody on your row, say, I'm expecting the best. I'm expecting the best. So here I am now. I've been a leader of this ministry for 26 years. And all I can say is God has been so good. But my heart beats with more vision in these years than it's ever beat with before. And so today, I want to talk to you about vision. Where do we go from here? How many of you are ready to do something so significant for Jesus with your life and in this church? If that's you, open up your mouth and just say, Lord, I'm ready. Give him a praise if you're ready. One of my most favorite things to talk about and share and launch is vision. So we're coming today from Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. It said, I will stand. Tell your neighbor, just stand. Yeah, don't let the enemy convince you that he can knock you down or knock the church down in the last days. There's going to be a remnant that will rise full of vision, and we're one of those houses. Hallelujah. I will stand my watch and set upon the tower and will watch and see what he will say to me. And what I shall answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon the tables that he may run. One translation said that the herald may run who reads it. Look at your neighbor and say, Hello, herald. Come on. You're the herald that's going to run with it. I want to preach for a few minutes along these lines. Destiny on display. How many of you want more than just a talked about destiny? You want a destiny that becomes on display, that is plain to see. 
You can't do that without vision. So slip up your hands if you're ready for vision. Father, today I have sensed your amazing presence in this room. I thank you for an atmosphere of expectation, but also not just expectation, but motivation. I thank you, Lord, that you raise up people who plug in and get involved in your agenda. And these are the people. This is the house, and now is the time. Father, use us today as we unlock and unfold all that you have for us. We're so excited about the future. We thank you for the past, but we declare in faith that the best is yet to come. If you believe it, give God a shout of praise right now. Come on, if you believe that if Jesus tarries, that our best years are before us, holla one good time. Come on and give God a praise. All right, you can be seated. I was sitting there this morning and I was thinking about all that the Lord has done in the last 26 years. I was overwhelmed with gratitude. I could only sit there and think about the faithfulness and goodness of the Lord. I wonder if there's anybody here today, when you look back across your life, you know beyond any shadow of a doubt that even when times have been difficult, God has been faithful. Have you seen him make a way out of no way? How about the people in this area over here? in the balcony. Anybody seen God make a way? Do do you believe if he made a way all these years that he's going to continue to make a way right on until Jesus comes back? I truly believe that. I was thinking about 26 years ago when Don and I came. I was 33 years old. We always get around with each other. And I say, Jesus went to Calvary at 33 and so did I. Come on, somebody. But the reality is we came and we were meeting in a gym You've heard me talk about that. That's the gym that our school plays in across the way there. The facilities were falling in, but we started moving in faith. We started an outreach ministry. We began to go into the neighborhoods down in Daytona. We went into public housing, and we started sharing the love and light of Jesus Christ. Now we have trailers, and we have trucks and all kind of things that go down there and take food and take love and and we've discipled so many kids and won them to the Lord and adults but in those days we just had a blue tarp and a football I remember going down there and we spread that blue tarp out and we started throwing a football around with the kids and all that led to a dream center that we have today and we're going to build a facility for that dream center in Jesus name this year on this property I think about the fact that we started that with nothing we didn't have the money for trailers we didn't have the money for nice things so all we could do was go to Walmart and buy a tarp and get a football and throw it around with the kids I look back at the faithfulness of God And when I came here, they were building a building, the building that is now the Kids Center. It seemed like, why in the world are you building a building? Because we were about to lose everything that we had. We literally had times when there were... There were flyers hanging on the door telling us they were going to turn our water off if we didn't pay it before Friday. I can remember times when we would pay the electric bill and pray and believe that on Sunday enough money would come in to cover it. See, people see your glory, but they don't always understand your story. They don't know the process that God brought you through. It was during that time when we were struggling. We went ahead and finished that building. That building cost 50% more than they were told that it would cost. Everything around me said that we were going to fail. We went in that building. 
We started our outreach ministry 26 years ago. We started busing in those that didn't have a home. We started giving them food and clothes and we started providing for them for 26 years. We haven't stopped and God has been faithful. So many people that used to ride on our bus have now had their lives restored, their homes restored, their families restored, their futures restored. Hallelujah. It was during that time when we were struggling in so many ways. We were trying to survive. I felt like we were gasping. I felt like, Lord, if you don't move, I don't know what we're going to do. But Don and I were tenacious. We had left a ministry that was thriving. We were in abundance. We had left a ministry that we were traveling the nation preaching the gospel and God had been so faithful. And the Lord called us here and it really wrecked us personally, financially when we came here because we took such a significant pay cut. It was about half of what I was making. Uh, we were making from our ministry on the road. It devastated us financially. But we came by faith because God told us to do it. We were trying to get enough money, our mortgages in those days, in spite of the fact that we didn't hardly take very much money in, our mortgages because of the new building were about $25,000 a month. It seemed impossible that we would ever be able to do that. And I remember that we brought Tommy Barnett into our church, the founder of the Dream Center. When we brought him in, go ahead and give Pastor Tommy a hand. We love him so much and honor him. But we brought him into that old building and that building was so empty you could turn a semi-truck around in it and not hit anybody. I could not believe that he actually said yes. And that night, he preached on the multiplication anointing. I knelt down, Don and I, weeping and crying because we knew how intense the situation was and we knew without faith we weren't going to survive. He poured the mustard seed in my hand and he began to claim and pray over me an anointing like a mustard seed anointing that everything that, that I would touch would increase and that God would honor everything that we did. I sat there weeping and crying, literally trembling. Don and I were young and we knelt on that stage. And this general of the faith prayed over us and spoke over us. The Lord spoke to me. We had just enough money to pay our, our mortgages and our mortgages were $25,000. And the Lord spoke to me. In fact, Pastor Troy texted me about it yesterday. The Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to give everything away. Everything you've got in the account, I know that it's to pay the mortgage, but I want you to get in crazy faith, and I want you to give it away. And I went to Troy at the end of the service, and I said, Troy, I feel like the Lord said we're to wipe out our account and give everything away, give all $25,000 away. Troy looked at me and he knew the situation even better than I because he had his finger on every single bill. But he knew that if I had said something like that, I must have heard from God. We wrote that check for $25,000 and it looked like we were committing suicide in the financial realm. But on the heels of that, I declared a 90-day miracle. I declared that we would pay that building off. Now, we still had the mortgage on the old building. But I declared that we would pay that new building off in 90 days. There was no way it should have happened. But y'all, supernaturally, God began to move for us. Sometimes God is moving and it doesn't look like God is moving. Sometimes it looks like God ain't moving when God actually is moving. I was preaching on a Wednesday night 
and the rafters gave way and the building caved in. All of our, our offices, all the, the, the rafters caved in and the, and the water rushed in to our school offices and our church offices. And I'm believing God for a 90-day miracle. And I'm like, Lord, what in the world is going on? The school was absolutely damaged beyond repair, it seemed like. And then we had a, a insurance guy come and we had to move all of the furniture all over the building. We had to move it in every classroom. We had to put furniture because the, 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 the offices for the school and the church were literally being, it was like a waterfall falling into the offices. The insurance man came and the insurance man went around and saw the tragedy. We didn't realize it, but he was a saved and spirit-filled man. He said, I think I'm going to be able to, to help you. He said, we found mold in both of these offices. And he said, we're going to take everywhere that you put a piece of furniture that you took out of those offices, we're going to give you the money to rebuild all and redo all those rooms as well. All of a sudden, we had several hundred thousand dollars that came into our hands, and we were able to rebuild those facilities with money left. And then, out of the blue, DOT contacted us and wanted to get a little piece of land from us. And we said, well, we're not in the business of selling land. They said, we just want the right of way. And they offered us $70,000, and, and I just said, that's not enough. We gotta have a bigger miracle than that. Before it was all said and done, DOT gave us $270,000. What I'm trying to tell you is this, by the end of the 90 days, every single solitary dime had been given or provided by the Lord. What I want you to know is this, that when God is in it, there's no stopping it. Oh, we didn't stop moving by faith. The church exploded in growth. We brought Trent Corey in and Trent began to lead worship for us. What a time that was, but nobody knew that we had to pay for his hotel that he stayed in out of our own pockets when he came. Nobody knew that we were putting all the sound system on our own credit when those days were going on. Nobody knew that we were risking everything. Nobody understood how deeply we were bought in. And then the church began to grow. We wanted to have Easter at the Ocean Center. People said it's impossible. One church could never rent the Ocean Center. And we didn't rent it one time. We rented it four times. Hallelujah. We packed that place out with six or 7,000 people every single solitary Easter Sunday. Then we believed that God called us to build this building. It made no sense for us to step out in this kind of faith. When we broke ground within a month, the, the, the economy crashed and everybody said you'll never get that building built. Nobody was lending money. There was no way we could build it. Everything was against us. It was an absolute impossibility. But you know what? Even though people called me and said, don't build it, Jim, it's not time. I felt like a man didn't tell me to build it so a man couldn't tell me to stop. I'm not looking for opinions of men. I'm looking for the word of the Lord. I'm not looking for what a brother thinks or what a man thinks or what a politician thinks. I want to get my revelation from heaven and then I want to step out and believe that the God who told me to do it will give me the resources to get it done. We broke ground on that building and all conventional knowledge said it'll never be built, but yet 
when banks weren't lending, and this was a $23 million expansion, when banks weren't lending, God moved supernaturally and moved for some families in our church. Y'all ain't ready for this. And, and, and they came and they sowed a $9 million seed. Y'all better praise the Lord. And we were able to build the building that we're sitting in right now. I'm trying to tell you that you're in a house full of purpose. I'm trying to tell you that you're in a house full of destiny. And I'm trying to tell you the economy can't stop it. Demons can't stop it. Devils can't stop it. The agendas of hell can't stop it. If God be for us, then who can be against us? Well, we got to have this vision. And then the guts to step out and say, God, if you said do it, I'm going to do it. We built this building. God began to bless us, but right in the middle of building this building, God said there's a campus in New Smyrna Beach. So we started the New Smyrna campus in the middle of building this building when the economy was crashing all around us. And we did it, and God made a way. I think God sometimes takes us through seasons where we are not able to do it for ourselves. So when we get on the other side of the story, all we can say is, great is thy faithfulness, oh God. We got in this building, man, and so much was going wrong, but people were still hungry, and we were fighting, and the economy was crashing, and the Lord said, start a new campus in Orlando. It made no sense. We shouldn't have started that campus in Orlando. Conventional knowledge said it was not time to start a campus in Orlando. But you know God's time is different than man's time. So we said yes, Lord, and we went over to Orlando and started a campus from scratch. We started that campus and paid a guy. We didn't have the money to do it, but we paid Jeremy all together one year and helped him set that campus up. You say, well, Apostle, did it work? Last Sunday in the new facilities that we have in Orlando, brand new that we built from scratch in the fastest growing part of Orange County, an area called Winter Garden, Florida, on, our, on the main drag going through there on Colonial Boulevard, Highway 50. We've got a brand new facility that will knock your eyes out. That facility had over 2,000 worshipers in it last week. Did it work? Does vision work? It works if you work the vision. I said it works if you work the vision. It works if you step out by faith. Then all of a sudden, we were navigating and God was blessing. We were starting campuses and taking family campuses in. And the Lord said, start a, start a campus in Palm Coast. Start a campus in Panama City. And, and, and do it during COVID, y'all. Where are y'all at? And here's what you have to do during COVID when you receive the sacred season offering. You can't keep any of it. Give all of it away. So, so when COVID hit, we had a sacred Sunday. We received over $400,000 in that sacred Sunday offering. I didn't keep a penny of it. We gave it to missions and outreach all over America and around the world. It made no sense. We shouldn't have done it. A couple months later, we started the Panama City campus. It's our, our newest campus. Last Sunday, they had over 400 people worshiping in Panama City in our own facility. Yo. 
God said, start a campus in Palm Coast. It, it, why would I start a campus in Palm Coast? I'm going to have all these people down in Palm Coast. But we stepped out by faith and started a campus. Last year, we bought a brand new facility. We paid over $2 million by the time we bought the facility for $1,750,000 and retrofitted it for the Calvary uh, campus. We paid over $2 million. We paid cash for it. We didn't borrow a nickel. We owned that facility in Palm Coast free and clear. I'm trying to tell you that the vision is moving forward. We built a kid's center right in the middle of COVID, never borrowed a dime. We built a youth center right in the middle of COVID, never borrowed a dime. We built a new high school center right in the middle of COVID, never borrowed a dime. I'm trying to tell you that when God gives you a vision, maybe provision will follow, but you've got to be a risk taker. You've got to be a faith walker. You've got to step out and say, God, I believe. Are there any who still believe with apostle? Is there anybody here who still believes that God ain't through? If you believe it, open up your mouth and give him a shout right now. We planted about 800 of our people in Palm Coast now, they came right out of this building and they go there. But look at this crowd today, wall-to-wall people. We haven't, since we planted them, we don't have less people in Ormond, we got more. Y'all, I need somebody right now who believes that we are actually destiny on display Open up your mouth and give God a shout of praise. God has been so faithful. God has been so good. Vision and destiny work hand in hand to walk in the fullness of destiny as a ministry. And in your own personal destiny, it's going to require a vision. You say, Apostle, what is vision? Very quickly. Vision is a supernatural revelation and divine insight concerning matters of destiny. Vision gives you the ability to see beyond where you are and make the journey to where you are not and have not been. I believe that these are the days of vision. I believe these are the days to see beyond where you are. I don't know about you, but I don't want to just survive. I don't want to just get by. I haven't come this far to slow down. I haven't come this far to quit walking by faith. In the name of Jesus, I want to take ground. In the name of Jesus, we're going to start campuses. In the name of Jesus, we're building a new dream center. In the name of Jesus, you ain't seen nothing yet. But what it takes is people of faith. Do I have any people of faith in the room today? Come on. Habakkuk said these words. Habakkuk said, I will stand upon my watch and set upon the tower and I will watch and see what he will say. Here's what you've got to understand. Number one, destiny requires declaration. Destiny requires declaration. What are you saying, apostle? I'm saying you gotta get a word from God. There comes a point when you can't have confidence in what the news says. You can't have confidence in politicians. 
You can't have confidence in, in leaders that emerge from time to time. The only way you will really do the significant as the body of Christ is when we get a word from heaven. And I want to stand before you today and tell you that I'm not seeking my advice from some political party. I'm not seeking my advice from the Wall Street Journal. I'm not asking, that. well, is it right in the economy? No, I am asking the Lord, Lord, what would you have me do? Because I've seen him move before and I'll see him move again. We look at our nation today and our nation is in moral and spiritual decay. That's all we can say. It's really true. But in the midst of, of, of Habakkuk's day, Habakkuk also ministered to a, a nation that was in moral and spiritual decay. They were facing uh, the certain invasion of the Chaldeans. It looked like they would lose everything. But there was a prophet that rose up. His name was Habakkuk. And his name literally means embrace. And it spoke of his tender nature. He cared about the people. He arrived and embraced tenderly the lost people that, that were in his country. And I'm going to tell you that Calvary still exists for the lost. This is not a country club for good people. This is not just a place where we hang out with folks just like us. If you're jacked up, we're glad you're here. If you're addicted, we're glad you're here. If you're confused sexually, we're glad you're here. If you were suicidal this week, we're glad you're here. If you felt like you couldn't make it, welcome to the church with misfits and messed up people who've had their lives transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're in the right place at the right time. Oh, listen, listen, religion will try to judge you, but the God I know, he would rather forgive you than judge you. And you've come into a house of mercy today. You say, Apostle, what did you operate on? How did you do all these things? I did it through Christ who gives me the strength, but I did it because I heard the Lord. And when you hear the Lord, you'll take a risk. What I'm looking for in the next year is a risk takers. Come on. I want to I wanna, I wanna walk with people who will say, if God says it, we can do it. If God declares it, we can do it. But listen, I don't want this just for my house. I want it for your house. I want to see you get a word about your children, a word about your future, a word about your family. How many of you can say, God, speak to me? Your servant is listening. If that's you, make a little noise in this house. <laughs> Destiny requires declaration. I'm at a place where I'm more desperate to hear the voice of the Lord than I've ever been. I don't want to guess, y'all. I want to be able to stand up and say, I've been with the Lord, church. Here's what he said. I'm leading too many people now. To God be the glory. I can't miss it. I need a word from heaven. I don't want to operate without his voice because destiny and vision require declaration. But number two, destiny requires design. What are you trying to say? I'm saying we don't guess. I'm saying we're not wondering. We're not groping in the darkness. Vision requires you to hear what the Lord says. Vision requires you to walk a path with God. Vision requires you to be obedient. Vision requires you to move sometimes when it makes no sense. Vision will require you to give sometimes when everything around you says you shouldn't. Vision will require you to step out by faith. God will design it, but you gotta have the faith to do it. I don't know about you, but I'm in a place in my life where I say, Lord, I want to walk fully in your pre determined vision for my life and for this church. Here's what the Lord said to the prophet. He said, write the vision and make it plain. 
playing on the tables. Now listen, in order for you to walk in your God-given, God-ordained, God-supplied, spirit-empowered vision, the vision's gotta be plain. If you look at the word, make it, the words make it plain there. It's really a Hebrew phrase that means leave no doubt, make it clear, be distinct, make it easy to understand. So let me be clear. We are moving forward in faith. Let me make it easy to understand. We are taking ground. Let me make it easy to understand. We're telling the devil you can't have our children and you can't have the next generation. Let me make it plain. We will not compromise the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me make it plain. We will give more money to missions than we've ever given in the history of our church. Let me make it plain. We will start brand new campuses for the glory of God. Let me make it plain. We will build a dream center that will touch this region for the glory. I need somebody right now who's ready for it to be plain. I dare you right now, if you feel something stirring inside of you and you say, Apostle, I want to write it down and I want to see things manifest in my life and I want to make it plain. One, two, three, give God a praise if that's you. It takes a walk of faith. Are you hearing me? I've lived long enough. Maybe I'm qualified to talk to you like this. I've been through enough that I've realized that I've had to walk by faith. And the reality is, can I be honest? I knew where I was going. I didn't always know how I was gonna get there. Oh, you super spiritual folk better pray for me. How many of you can say, Apostle, there's been times in my life where I knew where I was going, but I didn't know how I would get there. But the Lord came through and showed me a path and now I am a living witness that if God gives a vision, he'll also give the path. If that's you, open up your mouth and give God praise. I see young pastors and young leaders and they're always talking about, well, we're just being led by the Spirit and I want you to be led by the Spirit. If you're a young preacher, listen to me but you have to get a vision and you have to write it down and you have to make it plain. Why? Because if we don't write the vision down, we will stop at false finish lines. I wish I had, had somebody that would just get with me for, for just one minute. How many of you don't wanna stop at a false finish line? See, if we don't, if we don't write the vision down, if we're not plain about what we want to do, we'll stop at a false finish line thinking that we're done when God had so much more. So what do we do in times of vision casting? We get in faith and we say, Lord, take me beyond my skill, my ability. Take me beyond my connections. Take me beyond my natural strength. Take me beyond my own mindset of wisdom. Lord, take me into the impossible. And Lord, let me write a vision down and let me write it down so plainly and let it be a vision, Lord, that if you don't get involved in it, it can't come to pass. God, give me a vision that will force me to trust you. Give me a vision that will force me to say, if God doesn't build 
build a house. We're not going to be able to get it done. Give me a vision that is beyond my ability. What I'm interested in now. Lord, in these years of my life, God, give me a vision so if Jesus tarries and I get to the end of the journey, I can look back and say, God, I never could have done this without you. How many of you want a vision like that? Oh. If you don't write it down, when I came here, barely 30 years old, I wrote the vision down. Yes, I did. It's hanging in my office. Everything that I wrote on that vision board, don't. It's in the office, isn't it? Not one thing has not been done. So now maybe you think, well, apostle, you fulfilled that vision. God gave you the strength and we did it together. God must be through. No, baby, that was phase one. I'm looking for the phase two crew. Come on. I dare you to look at your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor. Say, I don't know about you, but I'm a part of the phase two crew. I want the phase two crew to make a little noise right now. Come on, where are the radical people, the online people, the thousands of people that are connected to me in this moment? If you're a part of the phase two crew, open up your mouth and holler at your boy. Come on. I'm in the phase two crew. You say, Apostle, what is that? That's cracker wrap. Come on, somebody. <laughs> write the vision. Somebody say, write the vision. Write the vision means to describe, describe, inscribe, proscribe, and subscribe. Uh-huh. De describe, inscribe, proscribe, and subscribe. So you describe it. You show it in words. You talk about it. If, folk want, if they don't want to hear about your destiny, they ought not be your friend. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. People don't want to hear about where you're going in God, they ought not be your friend. If you're going to hang out with Jim Rayleigh, he's going to tell you what God has done and what God is going to do. Hallelujah. So you describe it. Next thing, you inscribe it. You write it down. You record it on paper. You get it in your mind. You get it in your memory. When times get hard, it's inside of you. When times get difficult, you've written it down. And then you prescribe it. What does that mean? It means to lay down a direction. If you've ever had a, 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 something from the doctor, a prescription, they prescribe the direction on how you're going to take it. Your destiny requires direction, but it also requires prescription. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be a part of a church. We are a prescription. We are heaven's medicine, y'all. Are you addicted? I got the medicine for you. Are you jacked up? I got the medicine for you. It is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But then, subscribe. Subscribe means to bind yourself to the vision. And I want to tell you what you need to do. This year, whatever the vision is for your life, precious, bind yourself to the vision. When we came here, so young, so many years ago, we bound ourselves to the vision. We didn't quit. It got hard, but we didn't quit. 
there were those that said in those old days, because I was an evangelist and I traveled, they said if we can just get him to stay here a year, they, they actually said those words, if he will stay here one year and just preach revival and just get us fired up, if he'll stay here one year, it'll be all right. 26 years later, I don't have a time's up in my spirit. I have a time out for the devil, come on, to tell the enemy that we've only just begun. I've bound myself to the vision. I dare somebody right now, if you've bound yourself to a vision to see your children saved, your family turn around, revival in the land, open up your mouth and give God praise. Number three, destiny requires deployment. The Lord answered me and said, write the vision down and make it plain upon the tables that he may run, that readeth it. To run means to move quickly. It means to move with purpose. So here's what I'm trying to tell you. I believe Jesus is coming back. And whatever we're going to do, y'all, we got to do it. Okay, I need, I need at least more than 12 people who believe in the coming of the Lord. I want everybody that believes in the rapture of the church, open up your mouth and holler like it can happen this morning. Come on, if you believe in the rapture of the church. You know what the Bible says to do? The Bible says to occupy until I come. That means to do business. So I'm telling you, I believe God could come back next week, but if he does not, I, in the name of Jesus, am going to run with this vision. I'm going to take ground. We're going to start campuses. We're going to hurry and do whatever we can for the gospel of Jesus Christ. But here's the truth, y'all. I'm wired that if I could do it by myself, I would but I can't, I can't do this alone. I by nature am a fixer. Now that doesn't mean I fix cars. You do not want me to fix your car. That would be a tragedy for you and me both. I fix situations, I fix people, I fix problems. Sometimes Dawn talks to me and I don't understand that she wants to just talk to me because the moment she starts talking to me, I'm already fixing what she's trying to tell me about. And sometimes she said, I don't need you to fix it. I need you just to listen. Come on. That was free, brothers. That ain't going to cost you nothing. But I'm at a place in my life where I realize I cannot do it all by myself. And even though my title is apostle now through these years and all the responsibility that God has given me, listen very closely, my heart is still a shepherd. I never want to use a shepherd's heart. I never want to stop loving people. And the reality is, y'all, here's what I've come to understand. If the church is not growing, most of the time it's not my fault. Because shepherds don't make sheep, sheep make sheep. Oh, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church, I'll tell you what. And I love you if you're Presbyterian. 
I can't do it alone. So I have to deploy you. Deployment is this. It's to systematically and strategically distribute forces, persons, and resources. So if you're ready to be deployed, open up your mouth and give God a shout right now. Come on. And finally, number four, I'm going to unpack this vision with Pastor Dawn. Destiny requires determination. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and shall not lie. Though it wait, tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. Let me read it again. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but in the end it shall speak and not lie. Whatever vision God has given you, it won't lie. If you believe God's given you a vision about some things, open up your mouth and give God praise that God can't lie. Get your neighbor by the hand and say, hey neighbor, I need just a few seconds to give God praise because everything he told me is the truth and it shall come to pass. Yes. My children will be saved. My family will walk in power. My destiny is great. My anointing is real. It's somebody give God praise if you believe it shall come to pass. Though it tarry, Bring that up. Though it tarry, though it tarry, though it tarry, just quit and give up. Though it tarry, throw in the towel. Though it tarry, call your mother and say, Mother, I'm giving up. Don't you dare do that. Though it tarry, wait for it, wait for it because it will surely come. I need somebody who believes that whatever God says, it will surely come. Go ahead and praise him like it's on the way. Sometimes you gotta get down in faith and move beyond what you feel and move beyond what it looks like and give the Lord a praise. Even though you don't see it, it's on the way. I need you to push somebody and say, here's an on the way praise. Yes, this is me giving God praise. That is on the way. The relationship is on the way. The money, it's on the way. The job is on the way. The husband is on the way. The wife, y'all ain't saying nothing, is on the way. Revival is on the way. If you're ready to give him an over the way phrase, stand up and shout right now. Oh, somebody here today, everything has been telling you that
that it ain't coming. Every circumstance has been in your ear telling you it ain't coming. But I stand before you as God's servant and apostle. And I tell you, whatever God promised you, it's on the way. Now, one, two, three. Give him your own away praise. Come on, give him an on the way praise. I'm almost through. But the text said the vision is yet for an appointed time. The vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak and and not lie. And though it tarry, holler everybody and say, wait for it, for it shall surely come. Somebody praise him right now. I have an appointment. I have an appointment. Somebody this year, you got an appointment to see your son delivered. You got an appointment to see your daughter sanctified. Though it tarry, wait for it. Tell, Tell one more neighbor, get him by the hand. Shake them up. If their hair falls off, you know what to do. Put it in your purse and take it home with you if it's good hair. Tell your neighbor, say, I have an appointment with destiny. 2024 is my year for destiny on display. Now, if you happen to believe it, give God a praise. Come on and give God a praise. Power, breakthrough, anointing, prosperity. Come on, if you need a house, believe God now for a new house. Come on, family problems turning around. Miracle healing, breakthrough, ministry. God is most glorified when we trust his process and he brings it to pass. What does vision require and destiny requires? Destiny requires declaration. Let's get a word from heaven. It requires design. Lord, we want to walk clearly. Come on, raise up your hands. I declare that The Lord speaks over your life this year. I declare he speaks over this house this year. I declare that he gives you design this year. He gives you ideas from another world. Lord, then deploy us. Come on, wave. Lord, deploy us. Let us be useful for you. And Lord, number four, even if it gets hard, there's determination. Come on, if you're going to be determined this year, number four, I don't even know if I talked that, but if you're going to be determined, just say, I'm not giving up. If you're not giving up, raise up your hands. If you're not giving up on your family, 
I'm not giving up on anything God has called me to do. If you're not giving up, open up your mouth and give God a praise right now. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, I feel vision awakening. So very quickly, Pastor Don, I don't want anybody to leave. Here's things that are coming in this next season. This year is the year of the watchman. Would you like to have a seat? Because we're going we're gonna to share the, everything that's in our heart that is to come. That, that's code for Dawn saying I'm about to preach a little bit. Come on. Hey, we're on God's time this year, right? Not ours. Go ahead. So this year, um, we are calling this a house of prayer because this is the year of the watchman. You were handed a bookmark whenever you walked in. Did everyone get one of those? If you didn't, they'll be available in the back. Yes. Um, maybe some of our ushers can pass them out so you can raise your hand because I have something I want to do at the end of the service with those. My goal is to see 400 people commit to be a watchman this year that will join us in prayer. 400 people who will commit to pray daily, including prayer for the apostolic call that's over this house, over our apostle, for this vision to be fulfilled, for an awakening of the lost, and very greatly for a revival in the church. So the way that you will be a watchman this year is every Tuesday we are calling noon fasting. So every Tuesday we fast lunch together. And this sanctuary will be open from noon to one, just like it was during sacred season. If you can take off a little bit of time from work and be here, I would love for you to commit to that and be here every Tuesday at noon. Now, also, the first, second, and third of every month will be fasting days. Now, we're calling this an Esther fast because Esther was someone who did not sit down. She did not shut up. She did not stay quiet when she saw the desperation of her nation, but she fasted. Now, Esther fasted all out. I'm not saying that we fast, you're fasting everything, but you fast however the Lord leads you. That can be a liquid fast for three days, or you can fast your coffee for three days. You know what I'm saying? Fast like it would breakfast. totally fast breakfast, fast lunch, well, however it is that you want to do. But that we're fasting, and during those three days, we are all declaring Isaiah 44, 3 together over our nation, which is, for I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. Hallelujah. We're going to be declaring that together as we fast. And this is not just our church. We're joining with many other churches. The body of Christ is rising up and doing this all across the nation. We have friends across the nation and all of our campuses. Not only will we declare Isaiah 44, 3, we will declare Psalms 24. Lift up your head, O ye gates. Be lifted up, ye everlasting doors, that the King of glory may come in. We're declaring the King of glory Hallelujah. is coming into the United States of America this yes. year. Hallelujah. You believe that? So the first Tuesday night of every month will be Watchman Night Prayer. So 6.30 p.m., the first Tuesday of every month, not February because we have events this month. This will start in March. And so the first Tuesday of March and there on after, there will be prayer in the sanctuary from 6.30 to probably 8 o'clock. So that will be a part of being a watchman. Now you received these bookmarks. 
And it lists those things right there as, as well as other parts of this um, commitment. If you, if you don't have a bookmark, if you will wave at us and our ushers will try to get those for you. We want to make sure everybody who I needs I think we one. may have got okay, everybody. Wonderful, wonderful. So as we're sharing this vision, what I want you to be asking the Holy Spirit is, do you want me to commit to this? Okay? Do you want me to commit to this? And I don't want you to sit there and go, but I can't fast. I can't do all these things. I don't know if I can really commit to that. Ask the Holy Spirit, do you want me to commit to this? And if he says yes in your spirit, then you step out and obey. Yes. During the fasting time, I said this a lot, that understanding this year is a luxury. Obedience is a necessity. Listen. Okay? So this say that, year. Say that again, babe. That was powerful. Understanding is a luxury in 2024. Obedience is necessary. Yes, this is the year that if God says, I want you to do this, you step out just like Apostle did in all of the stories he told you. We did not have the understanding of how things would come. Never. But we just said, Lord, we're stepping out in obedience. We're stepping out in faith. He'll enable you to fast. He'll enable you to get to the church for those prayer nights. It'll happen. So as you're hearing the Holy Spirit, if you say, yes, I will commit to be a watchman in 2024, I want you to fill out the bottom of that as we're speaking right now. And at the very end, we're going to call you forth to lay it down here on the altar, and we're going to pray over yes, you that are committing to this. This is going to be a year of prayer. Hallelujah. We're going to see God do some big things through prayer. Amen. And the next thing we're going to have is a house of discipleship. In other words, we're going to equip people to live strong for the Lord. We're going to launch 12 discipleship classes, and we'll have 800 people discipled every week. 800 people who are doing nothing but growing in the Lord. We're going to raise up 100 next level leaders at doctrinal development nights, and you'll understand the word in a greater way. So we'll have the 800 there but 100 who will understand doctrine. And then 300 plus in attendance at Calvary U. And we'll have equip weekends throughout the year where you'll be equipped to become all that God has called you to become. Anybody want to grow in the Lord this year? It's going to be a powerful time. Somebody give God praise if you're ready to grow in the Lord. Amen. And we're excited that this year to launch a school of ministry. So this school of ministry will exist to raise up men and women for ministry and equip them for the work that God has prepared them to do. We'll have young people, it doesn't matter how old you are, but they'll come here in graduating high school that feel a call to pursue ministry. They'll come, students will learn how to preach the gospel. They will learn how to lead organizations and teams. They'll learn how to be led by the Spirit and so much more. So that school of the ministry is going to raise up the next generation of church leaders and send them forth to impact the world. Think for about Jesus that. Christ. Are you ready? How about if we raise up the next generation of the yes. fivefold right out of this house? Amen. Uh, Arthas, we're, we're, we're going to build this, this dream center, but it's going to be also in tandem with our facilities center. And uh, we're going to call this the build house. And the build house is going to be very powerful because we're going to be able to take all of our maintenance issues and all the things that we build for our campus. One side of this great building is going to be building facilities, 
but the other side of this great building is going to be building people. So it'll be a large building. We're calling it the Build House, and we're going to call it Building the Church One Life at the Time. So on one side, we'll be building our facilities. We'll be putting things together for all of our campuses across Florida and even beyond. On the other side, we'll have our Dream Center where we'll be feeding people, discipling people, bringing classes in. We'll have, our, we'll have all kind of things going on for people who are in bondage to get set free. Who's ready to be a part of the build house? It's going to be mighty. Amen. And we believe that this is the year for our new Smyrna Beach campus. Yes. If any of you have been out at the NSB campus, there is one thing that holds that campus back from growth, and it's the building that we're in there. That's the only thing that is stopping us. NSB, New Smyrna Beach, they need a church of excellence, that community does, so that, that, that people can come and have community and grow in the Lord. So this is the year that we're believing God is going to open that door for us to either build a facility on their property that they already own, or God's going to open us up one, but he is going to bring NSB to a place of growth through a new facility. So here's the deal. We have, actually have two manufactured buildings there, but we need a true building that can hold yes. hundreds of people. I, I believe God could help us build a building that would seat 500 people yes. in NSB. Make a little noise if you believe Amen. with Apostle. Come on. Uh, Palm Coast Calvary, we're adding more services. Last Sunday, we were packed out. In the next few weeks, we're going to be adding service number three in Palm Coast. We're going to do more outreach into that county. Give God a shout of praise. Amen. And then is our desire to update all of these facilities. So one day, in the name of Jesus, you're going to pull up to Calvary, and all these buildings are going to be painted white on the outside. Yes. So the, this building the kids center, the school building. We need to update all of this to excellence for the glory of God. If you've been here a long time, you've watched us update facilities. And don't our facilities look great? Come on, give God a praise for that. But we're not done. Our Abundant Life Ministry will thrive. We'll facilitate adoptions. We're going to wrap around foster families. We're going to help families adopt kids. Anybody believe in that ministry? Make a little noise if you do. Yes, that's going to continue to provide parents' night out for foster and adoptive families. It's going to continue to wrap around. And actually, I want to make an announcement that this Wednesday at 6.30 in the Kids Center, there's an interest meeting for you to get plugged in to the powerful ministry of Abundant Life. So if you have any questions about that meeting, you can see them in the foyer at the Abundant Life banner. And we're beginning uh, an Unto Me ministry. And the Bible says in Matthew, the king will say, I'll tell you the truth, if you did it to the least of these, you've done it unto me. So we're going to start a meal ministry for families that are struggling. Maybe they've had a mother that had a surgery or a death in the family. We've done a lot of that, but we're going to do more. We're going to start a moving ministry for folks that are moving and maybe our elderly folks who aren't able to have folks help them move. We've got some box trucks and we're going to help folks move. We're, we're going we're gonna to enhance our widow's ministry. Come on, somebody. Yes. And our senior adult ministry yes. is going to be powerful. I know some of y'all don't want to admit that you're senior adults. And I'm not either. I'm 60. And you're not a senior adult until you're 85 because 60 is a new 40. Come on, somebody. 
But we're going to start that ministry and enhance it. We're starting a Spanish ministry. Talk about that, babe. Spanish ministry actually launched today. Today, there was translation going on in the building. Amen. Actually opened up a door of opportunity for someone to be brought to church in a meeting yesterday because that was offered. So if you know of people that can't understand English, you can let them know that now they can come to Calvary and the sermon will be translated. And so that ministry is going to continue to grow. Uh, Simple Start class and foundations are now implementing Spanish translation. Amen. And our men's and women's ministry continues to thrive. We've got our Super Bowl night coming. We've got a men's conference scheduled, a women's conference scheduled. It's going to be amazing. You know, you look around at everything that, that God has done, and it's been mighty. But I'm telling you, in Jesus' name, tell everybody in your neighborhood, we've only just begun. So, listen, you know that the Lord has dealt with my heart to start campuses. We've always moved by faith. We've never had it figured out. But now there are actually 10 campuses in the, family, in the Calvary family. And we're about to start a, a brand new campus, and I'm more excited than I've ever been. Because I know this campus is going to be mighty. The couple that we're going to plant, we love them so much. They're my son and my daughter in the Lord. But it is time now for them to plant their own campus. Pastor Josh and Natasha Carter are going to be pastoring a brand new Calvary campus. Stand to your feet and rejoice in the Lord because this is going to be a mighty thing. Come on and give God a shout. These are our kids, y'all. I need you to let them know how much we love them and how excited we are about their future. Now, listen, this is a Calvary campus. You're going to see Josh around here. He's going to be part of this family. Hey, they're shouting for you, Josh. Shout one more time because we're excited. I love these folks right here so much. And I would never hold them or hinder them. When you love your children, You'll do anything for him to help him start. So you're ready for this? We have set aside $150,000 out of our sacred season offering. And we're going to start Josh and Natasha right. (laughs) Now before you hear about what God's put in us, it would only be right for us to take a moment and take the roof off this place in honor Apostle and Pastor Dawn. Come on, the architect, the apostle, the man of God, the woman of God. Come on, can we do, you can do just a little bit better. For all the vision, for 26 years of being faithful. I'll say this, this is not an ending. This is an extending. What's about to happen is that all we're going to do is we're going to take everything that we've gleaned and learned and picked up and we're going to take it all because I believe every city deserves a Calvary. God spoke to me in 2013 sitting in a parking lot of a bookstore. I was a reader, still am. I picked up a book. I took it to my car. I put it down and the Lord said, pick it back up. He said, because the man on the back of this book you'll be connected to for the rest of your life. I was sitting in a parking lot in Raleigh, North Carolina at a bookstore, and the book was Hell Spells, and the author was Pastor Jim Rayleigh. I didn't know him at the time. We are not connected. 
But here we stand over a decade later, and I am a true son of this house, and we are a true daughter of this ministry. I'm going to be very quick and share this. But about a year ago, God began to deal with us about a church, about taking, about planting, about moving with the Lord. And as Pastor Don said, this is not the year to understand. This is the year to move out of obedience. And so, well, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know why I feel this way? Because I love you. And I look at you and I thank God for you. We're going to miss some of you, but listen, we're going to be going to Cary, North Carolina, just outside of Raleigh, 180,000 people inside of a triangle that contains 2.2 million people that produces 65,000 college graduates a year. In the city of Cary, there are 43% of the people that consider themselves churched. Of those churches, only 1.2% are Pentecostal charismatic churches. How many believe God is setting up the city of Cary for a move of his spirit and revival? Here it is. There's so much story to tell, and we will certainly share more as it comes. But I want to say this. We just found out in our research that Apple is moving East Coast headquarters to Cary. We found out that Disney, come on, we're familiar with Disney, is moving uh, a community just outside of Cary. And this is what the Lord said. Disney's coming to Cary. Apple's coming to Cary. He said, and Jesus is coming to Cary in 2025. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I'm excited about a move of God and Calvary going to the ends of the earth in Jesus' name. You want to share anything? And I just look across the room and I see so many people that have become friends and family. And we are just so excited and we're excited to be sent. We're not leaving. We're still just as much a part of Calvary. And we're ready to take Calvary to North Carolina. We're ready to come back and still visit. And it's just been an honor. Nine years, Mark, January, that we've been here. But everything that we've learned, we're going to take there. And it's just It's just such an exciting time, and it's been an honor to be a part of this house for nine years. It's still the greatest church on the planet with the greatest pastors on the planet, and we love you guys, and uh, we're excited to walk this journey with you guys. Very excited. It's an honor of a lifetime to have served here in this capacity. Amen. Let's love Pastor Josh and Pastor Natasha. Listen, I love you more, son. I'm so proud of you. Listen, they're not going anywhere for uh, until after Easter, but they'll still be coming back. How many of you know when, when the apostles go, we got a great preacher that we bring in to preach, and we love them. Thank you. You, you, can, be, you can be seated, guys, but y'all stand up. We're going to finish this up. How many of you feel the Holy Spirit in the room today? So we're more alive with vision. We're going to walk in greater faith, and we're going to do it together. But one thing we can't do it without, we can't do it without prayer. You say, Apostle, what do you trace everything in your life that's been good to? I I trace it to prayer. Even, Even me coming to Jesus, when I didn't pray for myself, people prayed me into the kingdom. They they prayed me. People who loved me prayed for me. And everything you see here was birthed in prayer and if I could ask you to do anything to help me I would ask you to become a watchman this is our year for breakthrough like we've never seen Pastor Don 
So if you have that commitment in your heart and you've written it down, Pastor talked about that vision, it mobilizes us. So that's what this is about. This is about you being mobilized this year and mobilized in prayer first and foremost. So if you have filled out that card and you're saying, I'm committing to be a watchman, I want you to bring that card and lay it down here on the, the altar. The front. And we are going to pray over you. You can just move right now, move from yes. the balcony. If you'll be one of those who'll say, Apostle, we'll stand with you in prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just stay right there when you, when you stand, if you wouldn't mind. If you could just stay. Hallelujah. Make your way up. because God has committed himself to answering prayer. So it makes prayer the single most powerful thing that you can do. That's why we pray about everything. So I want Pastor Dawn to pray over us, pray over this vision that is emerging, pray over these years that are to come, and I want her to pray over you that every drop of your destiny and purpose will come to pass. Everybody in the room, raise up your hands. Pastor Dawn, pray over us. Hallelujah. Thank you for your commitment to in this. Father, we lift our hands, we lift our hearts, and we lift our lives up to you. And we say in this place, Lord, that we will be a watchman. Lord, you asked your disciples when you went to the Garden of Gethsemane to watch and to pray. But they did not sense the real urgency of that request, so they slept. Father, I pray that in this year, yes. we would sense the urgency of yes, the hour yes. and that we will be awake, we will be sober, we will be vigilant. We will not wait for things to happen to make us urgent, but God, I pray for a discernment to come yes. upon these that have stepped up to make this commitment. Give them the discernment to know the hour that we're living in. Give them the discernment and the urgency for prayer and for the times, Lord, that our nation is in. And Father, even right now in this room, we link our hearts together yes. in agreement. Right now across the front of this place, we link our faith in agreement yes. for a mighty outpouring of the Spirit yes. of God on this nation. Yes. We say that on our watch, yes. on our watch, this next generation will not go lost, yes. but they will experience the outpouring of the Spirit yes. over this nation and upon our children. Lord, we stand in agreement right now that there is nothing impossible for you to do. Yes. And as we pray together 
David. One can put a thousand to flight, but two can put ten thousand to flight. Lord, we declare that we will see the mighty outpouring, the mighty breakthroughs, deliverances, and healings in this place that we have never seen before. We give you all the glory and all the praise. Bless these that have made this commitment. Enable them. Strengthen them. Let your fire, the fire of your word, burn in them. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. watching the message I'm sure this spoke to you here's what I want you to do why don't you subscribe to this YouTube channel that way every time there's a new message you'll get to hear it also many of you have watched this some of you watch on a regular basis why not take time and so you can give at calvaryfl.com you can give on your phones and you can be a part of helping us take this message around the world the message of hope the message of Jesus Christ can't wait to see you back here We'll see.